is that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Well, hello, I'm David Freeman. Well, is that really in the Bible? I want you to imagine if everything you thought you knew about salvation was wrong. You know, Jesus warns us about building a foundation on sinking sand. Why, why did he do that? Why did he warn us about building on a foundation on sinking sand? You know, I do construction work, and I know that if you don't get your foundation right, nothing else in that house is going to work. The sheetrock, the, the framing work, uh, the roof, nothing is going to square up properly if you mess up that foundation. So, again, imagine, I'm just asking you, what do you believe salvation really is? The process of salvation. Now, in Isaiah 58 and verse 2, it says, Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinances of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of, ju of justice, and they take delight in approaching to God. Now here, here's a group of people <clears throat> who can't get enough of religion. It's church six days a week and twice on Sunday. I mean, it's, uh, it's videos, it's DVDs, it's uh, 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 correspondent courses, it's more religious books and CDs and, and just listening and listening and delighting and wanting to know more about God. But suppose, even though the heart wants to pursue God, what's being taught about salvation is incorrect. I'm telling you that you've been lied to about the Bible. And you've been lied to about what salvation is. Now, I want to illustrate this with a, uh, just an article that I got just recently. I was going to go to my chiropractor to get my back adjusted. And, uh, he, and I admire him for doing this. He hands out a little piece of paper. and It's a, a religious track. And he tries to incorporate, um, you know, outreach into the work that he does. And I respect him for that. But this article was entitled, Any Other Gospel is No Gospel at All. And I'm going to quote just a little bit from this. He says, I believe so often in our Christian walk, we hear the gospel message and accept it. But either through other people telling us or our own ideas, we come to believe we need the gospel plus. Uh, we believe we need to believe in the good news of the gospel, but also not say bad words or listen to Christian music or go to church every Sunday or go on a mission trip or whatever. We believe that Jesus' blood is not enough and it still requires some good behavior or good deeds on our part to be totally forgiven of sin. The fact is that the gospel message is a story of complete redemptive love. It, that is the gospel, needs nothing added to it. All the gospel needs is to be accepted, not added to. Notice that. All the gospel needs is just to be accepted, not added to. Now, I'm here to tell you that today's gospel is a counterfeit. It is a gospel of acceptance. Now, is that really in the Bible? 
Is the, the Jesus Christ gospel just a gospel of acceptance? What does the Bible say? What did Jesus say about the gospel? Now, we're going to prove this from the Bible, what the gospel is. But I'm asking you right now, is the gospel just a gospel of, of acceptance? I invite Jesus into my heart. You raise your hand, you invite Jesus. You know, I believe in the name of Jesus. Is that all there is to it? Now, here's the problem. This little article says any other gospel is no gospel at all. At all, There is a counterfeit gospel. And that counterfeit gospel teaches all there is to the gift of salvation is just acceptance. That's all you got to do. It's just accept it. And there's nothing else involved in it. There is no need for behavior, change in behavior. There is no need for change. There is no need for repentance. There is no need for conversion. There is no need for unconditional surrender. Yes, and even love for God. It's just not important. All you got to do is just accept it. It is a counterfeit gospel. Now, in John 2 and verse 23, it says, Now, when he was at Jerusalem at the Passover in the feast days, did you notice that? He was at Jerusalem at the Passover at, in the feast days. Does your church keep the feast days? No, I'm just asking. Okay, I'm just asking. Has your church ever heard of the feast days? Well, I can answer that question. No, your, your, your minister will not preach on the feast days if someone gave him a million dollars. Why? Because he doesn't keep them. Okay. But anyway, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles, which he did. Now we're talking about, is it just enough to believe in the name of Jesus? All I got to do is raise my hand and say, Jesus, I invite you into my heart. Is it enough? Okay. Here were people, when they saw the miracles that Jesus did, many believed in his name. Notice verse 24. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men and needed not that any should testify of man for he knew what was in man. Jesus was not impressed with, oh, I believe in Jesus. Oh, I believe in Jesus' name. He was not impressed. Many believed in his name but Jesus was not impressed. So the idea of just believe in Jesus, just accept Jesus into your heart. Listen, if you want to impress Jesus, you're going to have to do a little bit more than just accept him into your heart. But you see, here's the issue. We have been brainwashed into believing that salvation is just acceptance of Jesus into our heart. Now it's time you heard the rest of the story. It's time you heard the truth about what salvation really is. Because you don't want to go to your grave believing in a counterfeit gospel, a counterfeit salvation. All right, Mark 1 and verse 14. Now, after that John was put into prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Now, now Jesus is going to be preaching the gospel, okay? All right, what's that? What is it? Uh, what is it involved? Well, this says he preached the gospel of the kingdom of God. Now, what does that mean? Well, Jesus had a sp specific gospel. Uh, it was about the soon coming government of God on this earth. That Christ is going to return to this earth and set up his theocracy, which is going to, is going to overcome all other human forms of government. It was the gospel of the kingdom of God, the soon coming kingdom of God. 
All right. Now, my question is this. Does this even hint to it was just a gospel of acceptance? Does Jesus even mention? Well, Jesus came preaching the gospel of acceptance and inviting Jesus into your heart and raising your hand. No, there's nothing about that. Let's continue reading. Uh, Mark 1 and verse 15. And saying the time is fulfilled, right? In other words, that means right now. You need to do this right now. And the kingdom of God is at hand. Yes, that government is coming very soon to this earth. All right. Repent ye and believe the gospel. So there's a little bit more to just believe the gospel. It's, it's, it's Jesus says you got to repent. Okay. It's not just a gospel of acceptance. It's not just the gospel of, of inviting Jesus into your heart. It's a gospel of repentance. You know, it's, it, um, in order to have access to the real gospel, you must repent. Again, read it again. Mark 1 and verse 15. Repent ye and believe the gospel. How have we been sold a counterfeit gospel that says all you got to do is just accept the name of Jesus? How? How have we been sold? Now, I want to tell you how. It's what you want it to believe. You see, most people will go so far with God. And there's a lot of very immature baby Christians. As far as they will go with God is, oh, I invite Jesus into my heart. But that's as far as they'll go. And so it's a message that they wanted to hear. Yeah, I'm talking about the motive of the heart. Why, did you want to why do you want to believe in a counterfeit gospel that says all you got to do is just invite Jesus into your heart? Well, let's continue on and find out what the real gospel is. Acts 3 and verse 19. It says, Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the time of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Now notice this. All right, notice this. A lot of people would say, Well, I thought... My sins were blotted out when I invited Jesus into my heart. This says, no, no, no. Repent ye therefore, first thing, and be converted, second thing, that your sins may be blotted out. Okay? You see, I'm preaching to you the real gospel here. Probably one you've never heard before. Oh, you've heard the, go you've heard the counterfeit gospel of just invite Jesus into your heart. But chances are you've never heard the real gospel. Jesus tells a story about the parable of two sons. Matthew 21 and verse 28. But what think you? A certain man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go to work today in my vineyard. And the son answered and said, I will not. But afterward he repented, there's the word, repented and went. And he came to the second and said, Likewise. And he answered and said, I go, and went not. He didn't repent. He didn't obey the father, you see. Now, Jesus is asking this question to the Pharisees of his day, whether of them twain did the will of his father. And they answered and they said to him, well, the first, uh, Jesus said to them, verily I say unto you that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you go. Yes, the publicans and the whores go into the kingdom before you people go in. Now he was talking, this is one of Jesus' unlikable moments. Okay, he's talking to religious people here. And he's saying the publicans and the harlots are going into the kingdom before you people go. Because you won't do, one, you haven't repented, and you won't do what God tells you to do. So let's pretend Jesus comes to your church, okay? Jesus gets behind the pulpit, and he says, look, a man had two sons. 
One had a gospel of acceptance where you add nothing to it. Just a, a gospel of it, just accept the name, just invite Jesus into your heart. The other one, the son, had heard the gospel and decided he was going to repent and obey God and do what God says to do. Which one is right? Well, the answer is the one that repented and obeys God. Now, I want you to follow this line of reasoning. Sin is the breaking of the Ten Commandments. Okay, let's prove that from the Bible. 1 John 3 and verse 4. Whosoever commits sin transgresses also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. So we have identified what sin is. Now, this is critical. If you are to ever hear the real gospel, you have to know what sin is. There are millions of people who have heard a counterfeit gospel, and the, 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 the one point they all have is they don't know what sin is. They've never, never been taught. 1 John 3, 4. Sin is the breaking of God's Ten Commandments. So the true gospel says you've got to repent of sin for which Christ died for. Now, does that make sense? That if Christ died for your sin, that is the breaking of God's law, that you can't continue just to break and break and break and break God's law. Now, I know that we all slip up from time to time, but I'm talking about as a way of life. You can't just keep on doing the thing for which Christ died for. Christ comes along and says, I died for you so you would quit serving sin. Think about that. I died for you. I died for your sins so that you would quit ultimately through conversion by receiving the Holy Spirit of God that you would quit serving sin. Now let's notice Romans 6 and verse 20. For when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. No, boy, that's a true statement. Yeah, when you look back at your sin life, when you were serving sin, you really didn't have any righteousness. You just did, you know, you live by the law that says if it feels good, I'm going to do it. And you served sin. And because you served sin continuously, you didn't have any righteousness. All right? Romans 6 and verse 21. What fruit had you? in those things which thereof that you are now ashamed of. For the end of those things is death. Yeah, what fruit did you have in smoking three packs of cigarettes a day? Well, the fruit was emphysema, lung cancer, and death, okay? What fruit did you have in looking at internet pornography, uh, being a womanizer? Well, the fruit was broken home, broken family, no respect from your kids, no respect from your wife, no respect from your co-workers. People just didn't like you because you were a man whore, okay? All right, that was the fruit, all right? What fruit did you have in blowing up in anger? Well, no one trusted, trusted you enough to, be, to hang, hang around you, you know? You're just always blowing up in anger. So, so that's the fruit uh, of living the sin life, okay? All right, verse 22. But now being made free from sin, notice that. Now... Through conversion, by receiving the Holy Spirit of God, through a process called conversion, you're now free from sin and become the servants to God to have your fruit into holiness and the end everlasting life. Aha! So everlasting life, salvation. We're beginning to understand that it's a process that leads one, everlasting life, it's a process where you're led to become the servant of God 
where you are free from your sins, where you overcome your sins, and you have fruit unto holiness, and you're living the right kind of life. All right? For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, I'm going to explain something to you here. I want you to imagine opening a box, and on, the box is labeled eternal life. Okay, God gives you this box. It's entitled eternal life. But it's one of these gifts where there's a box inside of a box, and a box inside of another box, and a box inside of another box. It's one of those gifts. You know? So you open the gift, all right? The first gift, big box, says eternal life. And you're all eager and excited about opening that box, and you're under the illusion that's all, that's all that's in the box. But all of a sudden you realize, well, there's another gift inside that box. And the second gift is entitled forgiveness of sin. And you say, yeah, I, I can accept that. And so, and you open that box, and there's another box inside of that one. And the next box says overcoming sin. And you're not too thrilled about that one. You know, you just thought, well, I just thought eternal life was just a gift, and that's it. All right, the fourth box that you open up is building godly character. You know, and you're not too thrilled about that because you know that can be painful. The fifth box that you open up is freedom from sin. You see, this is what true gospel, the true gospel looks like. You know, this is what true eternal life looks like. You know, the true gospel is this. When God calls a person to repentance, we enter into something called the salvation process room. It's a room that you enter into. And it's a room where the rough edges are chipped away. It's a room that can be painful. It's a room where God is, is molding and shaping us and teaching us how to reject sin and live a godly, godly life. Yeah, we enter into, upon that calling and upon repentance and upon baptism, we enter into something a room called the salvation process room. And it is a process. It doesn't occur overnight. Now, the point is this, the gospel of just acceptance doesn't even open the door to the salvation process room. It doesn't even get inside the door. Because once, most people, once they accept this nonsense that all salvation, the gospel is just acceptance, it, it begins and ends right there. They don't go any further. You understand? They don't go any further. That's where it begins and that's where it stops. And it's just the way like a, a lot of people like it because they don't want any more responsibility, you see. Well, Ephesians 4 and verse 22 tells us something quite different. It says, it talks about the kind of life that we live as a Christian. It says that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupted according to the deceitfulness, uh, deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of of your mind. Yeah, there's a daily renewal of your the spirit of your mind. The way you think. You know, the way you got to make choices about the way you think. And there's a renewal of the spirit of your mind every day. And that you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So, what is the outcome of a true gospel, true salvation? It is that you be renewed that the new man is, you become a new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. You see, a lot of you, 
have been taught a counterfeit gospel. And it is of just accepting and inviting Jesus into your heart. And it's a shame that people have been taught this for, you know, hundreds of years, it seems like. Uh, just, just a gospel of just acceptance, as if that's all God wants. No, conversion is a process. Conversion is a process. And it's a, it's a long, drawn-out process. It's not an overnight thing. You know, building godly character is not an overnight thing. You've got to have the Holy Spirit to do it, the indwelling presence of God's, you know, spiritual DNA inside of you. But that's how you overcome. That's how you, you begin this process of true conversion. You don't just stop with accepting Jesus into your heart and inviting and believing on Jesus' name. No, it's a lot more to it than that. Now, <clears throat> Jesus put it like this, talking about the importance of repentance. He tells us a little story. It's found in Luke 13 and verse 1. It says, There were present at the season, some that season, some that told him of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. Now, what happened is, is that the Galileans were offering their sacrifices, and Pilate and his soldiers came up there and just drew out their swords and killed them and mingled their blood, the Galileans' blood, with their own sacrifices that were, that were going on. It was a hideous thing. It was a terrible thing that happened. And Jesus answered and said to them, Suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans because they suffered such thing? You know, this is a dilemma that a lot of us struggle with. When we see people going through hardship, when we see people going through hard times, we sometimes in our carnal mind think, well, maybe they're the worst of sinners. They deserve this. And this is one of the questions that Jesus is addressing here. You know, were these people the worst of sinners because of an accidental death, because of this huge, you know, uh, trouble that came upon these people? Were they the worst of sinners? Jesus said in Luke 13 and verse 3, I tell you no, that's not the reason. But except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. You know, Jesus, the emphasis is, is no matter what you're going through in this life, good or bad, a hardship or good times, bad things happen to all people. Uh, accidental death, time and chance happens to all people. And what we really need to focus on is what Jesus says here. The important issue is repentance. Because if you don't repent, you're just going to perish. Now, what is Christ's emphasis on? His emphasis is on repentance. What is the real gospel? How do you know if you've even heard the real gospel or not? Let me tell you how. You can know if you've heard the real gospel. Here's how. With the real gospel, the emphasis is not just on accepting Jesus. With the real gospel, the emphasis is on repentance. I must repent of my sin, which is the breaking of God's Ten Commandments, fourth one included, and I must repent and turn to God for forgiveness. And I must not only repent, but be converted. 
that my sins may be blotted out. That I need to receive the Holy Spirit of God and God at that moment begins to develop, once you receive the Spirit of God, you begin to develop a new, a new creature in Christ. God is working on, in that salvation room process, He's working on a new creature in Christ. He's molding, He's shaping you, He's building within you godly character. That's the true gospel right there. And Jesus comes along and says, look, but except you repent, you're just gonna perish. Your life's not going to have any meaning. Your life's not going to have any purpose unless you repent. So, I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible? And you've just heard. You've just experienced. You've just heard the real gospel. This nation needs to repent. But repent of what? What is sin? Few people, in fact, few religious people, understand the definition of sin. As a nation, we need not only to repent, but we need to have the experience of repentance. Your religion is not enough. Too much confidence in religion can be the downfall of a nation. What is real religion? What is real repentance? Order by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. Also, check us out on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.com.